Well, we've been going through a, a series, and in fact, this is week three of, our, of uh, evaluating our spirit. And if you want to take some notes, tonight we're going to be talking about developing this, or you can put my spiritual growth plan. That's what we want to talk about tonight, my spiritual growth plan. And what does that look like? Now, we all plan. I think we all plan to some degree. I think we all have some type of planning device. We all have uh, something on our phone. Uh, some of you write it down. Maybe you have a calendar at home. But we all plan. And we plan to, in, in such a way that it's going to benefit us or someone in the home. Maybe at your workplace, that's what you do for your job. Maybe your job is to plan well for your company or for your boss or, or for your coworkers. You're a planner. Some of you are non-planners and you don't, you don't plan. You just, it's kind of like, yeah, whatever happens day by day, I'll just, I just live freely. Whatever, whatever I'm going to do, I do. My plan is no plan, which is a plan, which sometimes doesn't go well. And you think, see, that's why I don't plan because it doesn't go well. So no sense plan. It's still a plan. However, if we fail to plan for spiritual growth, then we plan to fail spiritual growth. If we don't plan to grow spiritually, then we're going to fail growing spiritually. See, it has to be planned. Spiritual growth doesn't just happen. It's not like our, how we grow up. It's not a, a physical thing. It's a spiritual thing. Uh, most of us, when we grew up, we had a growth chart. Remember, you'd go on the wall, and you'd stand behind, and then you'd put this little marker there, and you'd turn around, and you'd say, oh, look at that, I'm five years old, and you'd buck tooth, and you'd say, look at that, I'm five years old. One day, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be bigger. And then you look at bigger brother, bigger sister, and then you try to catch up, and then you, you hit like a, a slow pace growth, and it was about, you know, age 10, 11. Then all of a sudden, you hit a growth spurt, and then you just grew all of a sudden, and then you see from this age to this age, just this big gap, and now you're super tall, and maybe you're the tallest in your family. And it, it just happened as a result of natural growth. You can't plan, really, how tall you're going to be physically. We just grow to that height. Some of you are saying, I wish I was a little taller. Some of you are saying, I wish I was shorter. Some of you are saying, oh, I'm the perfect height. Some of you are actually saying in your head right now, I wish I was a little bit taller. I wish I was a baller. I wish I had a rabbit in a hat. See, look at you guys. Oh, my goodness. Let's turn to Matthew uh, 13 before it gets out of hand. Matthew chapter 13. There we go. <laughs> Matthew chapter 13. And this is going to help us with our spiritual growth plan. Some of you are already on a spiritual growth plan. Did you know that? That you're, you're, you're putting things in place, and maybe you didn't do it on purpose. Maybe it's by default. Maybe it's you saying, well, I got to put something in my life. So here it is. Well, we're going to learn tonight that it is very important to have a spiritual growth plan. Every single person needs one, especially if you came to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And in this series, Evaluating My Spirit, this is very important. My spiritual growth plan. In Matthew chapter 13, I'm going to read how Jesus talks to these farmers. A lot of them were farmers. So he uses this illustration in how you grow spiritually and what takes place. So I'm going to read from verse 3, Matthew chapter 13. 
And he says, Jesus says, Behold, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds came and devoured them. Some fell on stony places where they did not have much earth, and they immediately sprang up because they had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up and choked them. But others fell on the good ground and yielded a crop, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Jesus says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. So the disciples came to Jesus and said, why do you speak to them in parables? In other words, he's saying, why are you telling these stories? What does that have to do with the kingdom of God? And Jesus answered and said to them, because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. In other words, Jesus was saying to the disciples, because you pressed in, because you asked this question, you're going to be given the mysteries of heaven. But for those who are just like, oh, cool story. Oh, that was cool. Hey, what did they talk about at church? Oh, cool story. What happened? Oh, the pastor talked about him and his wife fighting. Cool story. And that's all we remember. But Jesus said, because you pressed in, you're going to hear the mysteries and know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. So he explains, he says, for whoever has to him, more will be given, and he will have abundance. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. Therefore, I speak to them in parables, because seeing, they do not see, and hearing, they do not hear, nor do they understand. And in them, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled. So Jesus pulls out of the book of Isaiah, and he quotes, hearing, you will, you will hear, and shall not understand. So just remember that word, understand. And seeing, you will see and not perceive. For the hearts of this people have grown dull. Their ears are hard of hearing, and their eyes have closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their hearts and turn, so that I should heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For surely I say to you that many prophets and righteous men desired to see what you see and did not see it, and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. So Jesus is about to explain the parable. And I'll, I'll draw it out here so we can have a kind of a visual. So Jesus explains it in this way. He says, therefore, hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is he who received seed by the wayside. So let's just say you had this piece of land and the farmer would scatter seed, but you had these walking paths on the side and then maybe even here in the middle and you had all of the plants here and the farmer would scatter, would scatter seed and then you had the outskirts. So the farmer scatters seed. Some fell on the wayside. You know, you have seed all over the place. So he said, some fell on the wayside. And the wicked one comes in and snatches away what was sown. But he who received the seed on stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy, yet he has no root in himself but endures only for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. So this, this is the person who maybe on stony places, 
You have all these rocks here. And maybe on the stony places, there, there's not too much earth there. So Jesus says, even these people, yeah, they're going to get the word of God, but when tribulation comes up, even because of the word, because it's challenging, because they, they hear what I'm saying, but it's too challenging, even they're going to stumble because they have a choice to make now. They know what is right and wrong. They know what is a blessing and what is not a blessing. So you're going to be in these rocky places, and you've got to be careful because even in those places, you're going to stumble, even though you know the word of God. Now, he who receives seed among the thorns, kind of like in this area, you have the thorns, said he who receives received the seed among the thorns is he who hears the word, and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and he becomes unfruitful. So, all have received the word. This one, in the thorny places, because of the ways of the world... And the pressures of the world, they get choked out. And then he says, but he who received seed on the good ground is he who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and produces some a hundredfold, some sixty and some thirty. So Jesus said, here's the good soil. And this is where you're going to produce fruit. We talked about that last week. So you have these different areas, four different soils. In a spiritual growth plan and developing a spiritual growth plan, the growth plan is necessary for us to have good soil. Without the growth plan, you're going to, by default, have one of the other soils. You don't get good soil by accident. Anyone who farms or even gardens understands that. It doesn't just happen. You have to cultivate it. You have to have the right mixture You have to aerate it so that when you plant the seed, it's going to produce fruit. That's the whole point of farming. You don't farm just to throw seed and say, oh, I hope it grows. No, you work hard so that you can produce fruit. And that's what Jesus was saying. And he's speaking to a bunch of farmers. A lot of them were farmers. So they understood this parable. They understood what he was saying. But for the disciples and those who pressed in, Jesus says, now you're going to understand the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven because you pressed in. I pray tonight that we would be just like that. We would be like the disciples that we would press in. That we wouldn't just listen to what is happening tonight or or a a sermon or a word that is preached or the Bible and what it's talking about and some cool illustration, but that we say to the Lord, what are you you saying to me? Where do I fit in this? How, How can I develop a spiritual growth plan and what does that look like? See, there are people who are going to progress and then there are people who are going to digress. It's up to you. Some people will move forward. Some people will stay. Some people will go backwards. It's all dependent on the soil of your heart. And we want to have good soil. We want to have the kind of soil that when Jesus plants these seeds, we produce fruit. And just like our growth physically, there are going to be slow moments of spiritual growth. But you're also going to have some growth spurts. You're going to have some dry times, some seasons that you don't even feel like anything's happening. But the seed is there, and if the soil is good, it's going to produce fruit. You just press into the things of God. When Jesus said this good soil, he's, he's using a word that means excellent in its nature and characteristics, and therefore can well adapt to what's happening. It's good soil. It's going to adapt Remember the story of Mary and Martha? If you read in Luke chapter 10, 
Jesus was coming over to Mary and Martha's house, and Martha, of course, is trying to get everything set for Jesus. Imagine if Jesus came to your house. You have a hard time when normal people come to your house. Imagine the Son of God, a perfect person. You clean everything, and that's what Martha was doing. But when Jesus comes over, Mary, Martha's sister, sits at the feet of Jesus. And so Martha gets upset because she wants everything to be perfect. I mean, perfect person, perfect setting, right? You want to match that. So she says to Jesus, she says, Jesus, can you tell my sister to help me? I'm trying to get everything prepared. Can you tell her to help me? And Jesus is like, whoa, 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 Martha, you're so busy and so consumed and distracted about all these things. But but then he continues and he says this in Luke chapter 10, verse 42. He says, but one thing is necessary. One thing is needed. It's like Martha is peeking in like, okay, say it so my sister can hear. Say it, Jesus. Oh, preach it, Lord. And he's, say it, Jesus. And so Jesus says, there's only one thing that is needed. Oh, I know what he's going to say. He's going to say, you know, Mary, you're lazy. Only one thing is needed, hard work. That's what, that's what he's going to say, Mary. Mary, open your ears because he's about to say what you need to hear. Like how we say in church. Like, honey, that was for you. This is what was happening with Martha. Martha was saying, Mary, get ready. Here it is, Mary. It's going to come. And then Jesus says this. And Mary has chosen that good part. What? It's like Martha's like, what? what? Mary has chosen it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of, of everything that is needed, Mary chose the good part. No, that can't be it because she's sitting down. She's not doing anything. She's lazy. And Jesus says, no, 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 no. Here it is, Martha. Mary has chosen that good part which will not be taken away from her. That good part was what Jesus meant was of good constitution or nature. It's like there's something happening in Mary right now that is good. And what Jesus was saying to Martha was, what you're doing is, it's fine. You got to do tasks. Yeah, you, you got to take care of that. I understand. But this is what's happening in Mary right now. Something good. And it cannot be taken away from her. See, the seed that falls on on all of these other areas, it gets taken away or withers away and dies. But the seed that is planted in good soil cannot be taken away. In fact, it produces even more. That's the quality nature of Jesus Christ when we sit with him. We grow spiritually and it cannot be taken away from us. So we need this spiritual growth plan And when you have the good seed and good soil, you end up with great crops. You have a great return. People who plan spiritual growth grow at a healthy pace. And they become spiritually healthier than if they had no plan at all. We we, we have a, I think all of us, and if you don't, then, man, you are very good at keeping your yard clean. Every single person has a weed in their yard. I mean, you got to poison it. You got to take good care of your yard. You cut grass so that it looks good. It takes a lot to keep your yard looking good. And it takes a lot to keep our spirits healthy. It's not an easy task. In fact, it's more than a task. It's living. It's, it's a part of who we are in Jesus Christ, that we are no longer who, we are no longer ourselves. We don't belong to ourselves anymore. That it is now Christ in us. 
And so how do we do this? How do we develop this spiritual growth plan? And what are some ways to scatter the seed? And how does, how does Jesus do that? And if you want to write some notes, you can, you can take some notes. And, and here's the first thing. Very simple. Here's the best way. Read the Bible. Read the Bible. What? Oh, I can do that. Sounds easy. Very easy to say. Very easy to write down. Very easy to put into a plan. Tough to get to. Every single person has access to a Bible. Every single one of us. But how often do we even open it up? Oh, no, I don't have access to a Bible. I don't even own one. We have in the back free Bibles. We have in the bookstore. Those aren't free. Just got to let you know before you start raiding the bookstore. We have, we have Bibles that are available. We have, we have electronical gadgets with various apps that can give us the Word of God. That's how much God says we need the Word of God. He says, I'll freely give it to you. You can always have access to the Word of God. Oh, that's, it's easy to put together the plan. Read the Bible. Tough to actually implement. Now, we can read other books. Isn't that interesting? We can read books. We can sit for hours and read one book. We can sit down and read a Facebook for hours. Constantly. And reply. And like. And rant. And delete. And, uh-oh, how am I going to do with this? We, we can do that. Spend hours. But to spend 15, 20 minutes in the Word of God? Tough to do. Why is it so tough? Why is it difficult to pick up the Word of God and read when I can pick up every other device, watch TV, go on the Internet? I can do all those things. But for some reason, when it comes to the Bible, I have a hard time. And here's why. Because you don't have a spiritual growth plan. You don't have a plan. So when you want to read the Bible, there is no plan. So because there is no plan, you have a hard time. Anyone with no plan would have a hard time to do something this complex. Because this has to do with eternity. It has to do with our soul. So we're going to need a growth plan to actually read the Bible. Oh, what if I just open up the Word of God and read? You can do that. But how about purposefully growing spiritually? I think if we can purposefully grow spiritually, then God is going to do even greater things in our lives. So one of the things we talk about is what we call daily devotions. Daily devotions. i got to read the Bible every day. You eat every day. What's going to feed your soul? Something has to feed my spirit. Well, i got to read the Bible every day. No, you don't have to. You get to. You get to read the Bible. It is a privilege to read the Word of God. It is a privilege. Wouldn't it be something to sit before Jesus Christ, to be in Mary's seat? That's what Jesus is saying. He's saying, here's the good part. You can sit at my feet like Mary did. Because the Word was with God and the Word was God. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. You want to sit at the feet of Jesus? Open up his Word. Get into his word. Daily devotions. See, the, the, the daily disciplines we do, it develops deeper devotions. It develops a deeper commitment. And it develops inside of us. The disciplines that we have, the disciplines that we put together, it develops within us dedication. 
It's not just opening up the word of God. It's, it's disciplining ourselves, even when we don't feel like it. And so when we do that, we're now dedicating ourselves to the Lord once again. We're saying, Lord, every time I open up your word, I am re-upping my commitment to you. It's a daily discipline. Will you forget a day or two? Absolutely, you will. You forget one day, you'll realize it. You forget two days, someone else will kind of see it. You forget three days, everybody else will notice. So yeah, it's okay. You're going to miss here and there. But you get back on track and you get back on your plan. Psalm 119, verse 105. It says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. You know what the Lord is saying? That lamp, a lamp is, is what holds the fire. That's what the Bible is to us. That's what the word of God is to us. It's that fire that ignites our soul. So that as we walk in this world, the path that is in front of us, he lights it up. And little by little, we can walk in this world. We don't have to see way down ahead. It's okay to plan ahead. But he says, I'm going to give you enough for today, your next step. Just one step at a time. That's what the lamp does. It just gives you enough for that day. And you develop that discipline. And that lamp actually is a word used that means break up and fire. So it's like, you know when you break a lamp? It's like there's this little explosion in fact, in the book of Judges, remember when Gideon was going to take on the Midianites and they had hundreds of thousands of people and, and uh, Gideon said, okay, how are we going to take out these guys, Lord? And the Lord says, well, your army is too big, Gideon. You're going to have to dwindle your army down. And he says, what? He says, yes, you're going to have to dwindle your army down. Judges chapter 7, God says, okay, you're going to dwindle it down. Too many people, tell them go home. Okay, not these guys, not these guys, no, not those guys. How many guys do you have left, Gideon? 300. Okay, with those 300 men, you're going to defeat the Midianite army. 300 men, yes. Here's how you're going to do it. You take a jar, an empty jar, put some fire in it, and then when, I, when you sound the trumpet, everyone break the fire. And it was at that moment that they broke the fire and the trumpets were blaring that the enemies looked up and they saw the fire broken and whatever that scene looked like, it defeated the enemy. So when the Lord says, my word is a lamp to your feet, you know what he's saying? You want to defeat the enemy? It's my word that's going to defeat the enemy. It's not going to be you. It's going to be my word. That lamp is going to be broken. And in the midst of your enemies, in the midst of whatever chaos you're going through, it's going to be at that specific moment when my word breaks. That fire is going to be released and the enemy will flee. That's why he says it must, it, it, it can't just be here. It must do something. It has to ignite. It has to be broken. Our hearts are sometimes hardened like that clay jar. It needs to be broken so the fire can be released. In fact, he says that in Hosea chapter 10 verse 12. He says, sow to yourselves in righteousness. In other words, here's good soil. You got to sow this in righteousness. Reap in mercy. Break up your fallow ground. Break up. It's the same word as that broken jar with the fire. Break up the hardness or break up your fallow ground for it is time to seek the Lord till he come and rain righteousness upon you. Imagine that. Imagine having a heart that is, 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 is that ready for the Lord to rain righteousness on your good soil. It's not just any type of word. This is, this is God's righteousness coming on our lives. We're not ordinary people in this world. 
We're chosen by God, a royal priesthood. You are the church. You're the called out ones. You're, you're not ordinary people in this world. You're different. That's why we got to plan different. That's why we got to grow spiritually. We have a different system than the system of the world. And having a plan lights your path. Not having a plan keeps you in darkness. No wonder we don't know where we're going. And sometimes we say, I don't, I don't know what I want to do with my life. I don't know where I'm going. Get into the word of God. It's a lamp unto our feet. Simple. It's the word of God. You don't need any more time in the day. You have enough time. You just carve out that time. You make time for the Lord. And then the second thing is this. How do we grow spiritually? You attend church weekly. No, that cannot be a part of it. Yep, you attend church weekly. Well, how does attending church help me to grow spiritually? Now, you still have the choice. You can come to church but not be in church. You can come to church, eat dinner, and go home. Doesn't mean you, ha- you came to church. You can come to church and sit and sit through the entire message and say, I've been to church. No, you know how you have been to church? By starting to apply what you learned in church. You can say you went to the health club. I went to the gym. What'd you do? Checked it out. Had some big weights over there. Oh, it's mean. So did you work out? Nah. Heavy. Too hard. Well, what'd you do? I was cruising. Saw my friends. So did you do anything? No, but I, but I went to the health club. But did you get healthy? No. Did you get stronger? No. Why not? Because you didn't apply anything. See, in the kingdom of God, we can hear, as Jesus says, but if we don't apply anything, then we're never going to grow. We've got to break through. We've got to break through the soil. It's difficult, yes, but I tell you, when you start growing and the Lord reigns his righteousness, that's, that's all the nutrients you're going to need. And it's going to come from the hand of the Lord. See, attending church weekly is a part of a discipline that we develop. And when, you, when you're able to develop church disciplines, the church disciplines, attending weekly, actually develops the habit of running towards the Lord rather than running away when we fail or come into conflict with others. We've seen that happen all the time. Well, I don't want to go to church. Well, what happened? Well, you know, so-and-so. Well, why? Church is where you should be. No, I don't like go. Why? Because uh, too much hypocrites. Then you belong here. It's the best place to be. See, a church discipline, attending church weekly, as the book of Hebrews says, to attend church weekly is saying, I'm going to develop a discipline that goes against the grain of my flesh. Because my flesh says, run away. But my spirit says, no, this is where you need to come to. You're going to be in the midst of the battle. You're going to be right in the moment of growing spiritually. Yeah, but I can't stand it when I see so-and-so. I can't stand it. It's the best time to grow. Because you're going to push through that fallow ground, that hardened soil. God's going to soften your heart. And as you attend church weekly, it's a discipline. You continuously develop that discipline that will help with every other discipline in your life. It's a spiritual growth plan. I remember when Heidi and I did the Aloha Run, and it's about eight miles, and uh, eight miles is far for me. So you got to train for that. And I remember running in different places, Waikoloa, uh, my house, uh, different areas in town. And then when we ran the Aloha Run, I, I remember coming to different areas where it was wet, and 
uh, had some puddles. Then it started to rain a little bit. And then there was this big hill. And every time I felt like stopping or slowing down, I remembered why I trained. I remembered why I ran. I remembered running in Waikoloa in the blazing heat uphill. And I thought to myself, running up this hill at the Aloha Run, I thought, I did this a hundred times. This is no different. I can do this. When it started to rain, I thought, I ran in the Hilo rain. This is no problem. It's a small thing. I stepped in puddles before. I can do this. You see, it's your disciplines that cause you to stay dedicated. So even though you may feel like, "Ah, I can skip church today, my team is playing. Forget that. Just say to yourself, no, it's a spiritual discipline. I'm going to attend church because there's something that the Lord wants to speak to me that I need to hear, and I'm not going to let the enemy get the best of me. Then we develop that spiritual discipline, and people who are growing spiritually practice being spiritually mature. It's a practice. It's a discipline. It's something that is constantly being done. And here's the third thing. Not just attend church weekly, but here's the last thing. Have a multidimensional, I know it's a long word, I'll write it with you. Have a multidimensional, multidimensional growth plan. Multidimensional growth plan. So what does that mean to have a multidimensional growth plan? plan. It means you have more than one ways to grow, more than one way to grow spiritually. So I'm going to list some that I think uh, may help, and I'll just list some of the things that I have. Now, I wrote them down. I wrote them down so that I can save on time. So devotions. So we, I do a one-year plan, a one-year plan. I also do a, a John Maxwell leadership plan. And it's a 30-day plan. So I do devotions. That's part of my growth plan. A John Maxwell leadership plan. Uh, Discover New Hope. And that's coming up November 5th. Discover New Hope. And then My Next Steps. And some of you seen our My Next Steps card. And part of My Next Steps is to help you grow spiritually. And the first thing is to say yes to Jesus. And then the second thing is to attend Discover New Hope. And then the third thing is to get, no, the second thing is to uh, attend, new, uh, attend a church service weekly and then Discover New Hope because it's in Discover New Hope that you're going to learn a lot about this new hope as well as who we are as a church. And then you're going to be water baptized. That's the fourth thing. Water baptism is another way to grow spiritually. Jesus himself did it because it fulfilled all righteousness. And then you're going to join a small group. That's a part of your next steps. And then you're going to join a ministry. That's, a, that's all a part of a spiritual growth plan. So if you want to keep that card on the way out, just grab one of those cards, and then you're going to see your steps. And that's a part of growing spiritually. It's a good plan to have. Also, worship. Worship. And on Sundays, as well as Wednesdays. And the reason why we, it's kind of a weird D. And the reason why I say worship is because God created us to worship him. 
Now, some of us might say, well, I don't want to worship. That's, that's a part of a spiritual growth plan, worship. It's part of growing spiritually. And sometimes we have a hard time getting to worship because we arrive after worship or during worship. And this is not to condemn anyone, but it is to encourage that if you, if you know church is beginning at 6.30, most of the times we say this, okay, right now it's about 5.45, okay, 6.15, okay, I can get there at 6.45, worship is done at about 7, so I got till 7. No, you don't. You have till 6.15. This is when you show up, 6.15, so that we can worship and grow spiritually. Sunday morning, it's interesting, our service times are 7, 9, 11. People still late. Still yet. It's because worship, and I, I really hate to say it this way, but for some of us it's true that we don't see worship as necessary. We just don't think it's necessary. But Jesus said it is. And Mary has chosen that good part. It's one thing. One thing that is necessary. You sit before me. And so we worship him. Not only worship, and this is a lot of, um, it might be personal preference, but uh, for my case, men's ministry. On Saturday mornings, we meet at 7 o'clock and we finish at about 8.30. And it's just a time where as, uh, we gather as men and then we just talk about uh, the things of God and how we can be better. Uh, Pastor Ward does an excellent job at teaching us. So men's ministry Saturday morning is what I attend. And then, of course, books. You know, some of you are readers. So you, you get books or, you know, you have, I'll just put digital, okay? Digital, because there are tons of things. You have podcasts, vidcasts. You have um, uh, uh, different blogs that you can read, leadership blogs. So there are digital uh, things that are available, audio books. Also, scripture memory. You can do scripture memory. And some of you will do, like, index cards, can't talk and write at the same time so scripture memory maybe you have an index card i actually have an app on my phone that it will remind me and i just go through the scriptures i'll go through the i'll have the, the address and then what the verse is and i'll just keep saying it over and over you can actually record yourself and i can play it and just hear myself over and over so scripture memory is one of the ways or just use various apps i know some of you you are um you are digital gurus, and so you, you have apps for everything. So you can, you can find great apps to help you to grow spiritually. And every one of these, or even more, you may have some that I didn't even list here. Some of you do a devotional reading, some or like a, a devotional book, and you have a scripture a day. Some of you do like a daily bread. Some of you will maybe have a, a, something come to you, like a newsletter or something, and you read it, and it fills your soul. And that's a part of it. Aside from devotions and getting in the word of God, nothing else should ever take, pla take the place of reading the Bible. Nothing else should take the place. My Bible is my sword. This is the word of God. This is what divides my soul and spirit. This is what pierces my heart. Nothing else is inspired by God. The word of God is inspired. Nothing else should take place of the Bible. I can do all of these things, but if I don't get into the Bible, 
my spiritual growth wouldn't be as what it would be if I'm in the Word of God. Nothing takes place. Nothing takes the place of the Bible. This is the most important word to get into our hearts. Let nothing else take its place. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. In all your ways, in other words, all the roads that we walk in life, he's going to direct us. He's going to put us on the right road to be straight, to be level, to be upright on the path, a way of living. That's what he's saying. Out of all of these roads, there is a road that is going to lead you to everlasting life. I want to get you on that road. That's why Proverbs 16.9 says the, man, the mind of man plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. We're going to have our way. We're going to plan it. But the Lord says, no, don't step here. You don't want, you don't want to walk here. You don't want to sow here. No, you, this is where you want to be. You want to develop good soil. And planning to grow, grow spiritually may not be fun, but it does make for a better outcome. In high school, you can close your Bibles and, and put away your notes. In high school, uh, we had this uh, gym that we would go to. And we would, it was maybe a five, ten minutes from high school. So we would get there. And in this gym, they had posters all over the wall. Posters of all these bodybuilders, you know, all these big guys, all duked up. And, and we're like, oh, I'd be like that guy. We're like 14, 15 years old. And we want to look like that. And so we'd go to the gym and, and work out, and the, the trainer would help us. And, and that would be the images, those images on the wall would kind of inspire us. And so we would say, this is, this is who we want to be. Now, none of us achieved that. None of us. I mean, maybe in our imagination, we'd look in the mirror and be like, oh, yeah. Maybe we would do that. But no way did we look anything like those bodybuilders and here's why. Because those guys have been doing it for decades and years. And it was their life. That's what they did. They, they had this huge poster of Arnold Schwarzenegger because he was the man. And so you would look at that image and you would think, I want to be like him. You want to be like that. But you could never achieve it. But maybe in the years to come, you could if you devoted yourself. Maybe. But for us in high school, that was not even a possibility, although it inspired us. And I thought about our spiritual growth plan. You know, those guys on the walls, the, the images, the bodybuilders, they have a plan. Any person who bodybuilds or does something to do with uh, physical training, they have plans. They don't just show up one day, pump a couple barbells and say, look at me. Look at what I look like now. They don't just end up like that. It's not by accident. They plan for that. And so when you, when you grow spiritually, you plan to grow spiritually. You don't, it doesn't just happen by accident. You don't just develop a spiritual growth plan by accident, nor do you grow spiritually by accident. You must plan that. And so I invite you into the gym of Jesus Christ. That it's in his image that we want to be like. That when we look on the walls of the hall of faith in the book of Hebrews, we can say, Lord, I want to be like you. That I, I want to 
I want to develop a spiritual growth plan. I want to put some things in place so that my soil can be good, the soil of my heart, so that when seed is scattered and when I'm doing devotions and I'm reading your word, you're going to give me a scripture. It's going to be planted in good soil. It's going to produce fruit 30, 60, 100-fold. Then I'm going to look more and more like you, not like me, not like anyone else, but more like you. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them in the image of God that you and I are supposed to look like. The spiritual growth plan is so we look more like Jesus. Amen. Would you bow your heads with me as we pray together? Lord, we thank you for, first of all, modeling for us what it means to grow spiritually. There is a plan. May we implement different plans in our lives so that we can grow spiritually, so that we're, we're no longer the same. We want to look more like you. But, but that's not going to happen by accident. We must plan that. And maybe one day people will walk into your gym, your church. And when they look at all of us, they're not going to see us. They're not going to see our image. But our prayer is that they would see you and that when people come here they won't say i want to be like so and so they will say boy i want to be more like you jesus this person inspires me that person prays for me this person builds me up but lord really i want to look more and more like you so lord help us to evaluate our spirit and help us to develop a spiritual growth plan so that we can be more like you it's in your name that we pray lord and we all said amen amen you ready for that Let's put this plan together. We grow like Jesus. Let me just give you a snapshot picture of next week. We're going to talk about spiritual burnout. Spiritual burnout. Not physical burnout. There's a difference. Spiritual burnout. We are constantly pouring out of our spirits daily. In our life, in our relationships, in workplace. And if we don't evaluate our spirits periodically, then we're going to burn out spiritually so we're going to learn about that next week okay so we're on this good we're on this evaluating my spirit we're on week three we've got three more weeks to go and if you miss just jump on one of our maybe our, our app or youtube and you can see the past two weeks and it'll get you on board okay let's stand tonight as we close with singing to our lord and savior for he is so good can you say amen to that let's thank our lord for being such a good father